coming to you live from Rob's living room. It's the Mike and Rob podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Rob. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Mike and Rob podcast. Podcast! Yay! It's a podcast. The eighth one. It, oh, you're keeping track, or did I just say that? No, you did just say that, but oh. I was also I was also aware of that coming into it. So you've been keeping track of the numbers? Yeah, I've at least been keeping track of them. <laughs> Not <laughs> listening to the show, but just... it's you made it. You were there. What do you need to? Yeah, I lived it. I don't need. Oh, I got a story for you. Speaking of, what were you just quoting there? Uh, I don't remember. There's like several movies that have that. I don't need to see the movie. I lived it. Listen to that howling wind. Yeah, seriously, where's that coming from? There's like a hole in my door over there. Then anytime a tiny breeze comes through, the ghosts enter through there. That's super creepy. We got to make sure we record our Halloween one here. <laughs> okay. So in, you plan on doing creepy this? audio. <laughs> um, so how's how's the new house and moving in and everything been? Uh, it's, I haven't seen you since actually, the last podcast. So. Um, moving really sucks. Um. You know, you work all day, then come home, and then it's like, well, now we have four more hours of stuff of that we need to do around the house. Non-work related work. Yeah, exactly. Hanging pictures and moving furniture and unpacking boxes. And Does it feel like home yet? It's starting to. Yeah. We just got TV today. So now it's feels Over two official. weeks, two weeks after we moved in, which, I, which wasn't so bad. Uh, it was waiting until last week to get internet. It was pretty bad. We didn't have internet until the previous Monday, which was... So you went how many days without... I mean, you have it at work, but... Yeah, what... Let's see. Nine days? <laughs> it was... It sucks, The longest man. nine days of your life. <laughs> you want to find out how useless your iPad can be? Like, <laughs> shut off your internet and yeah. then just pick it up and try to entertain yourself with it. There's maybe it's like... almost impossible. Unless you have <laughs> just a ton of games <laughs> downloaded onto your iPad. And a lot of the games are, require internet access too. a lot of the games Some of i play do, yeah so yeah that would be not much fun but oh, i would bust out the dvds at that point paperweight at that point well it's you have just... you have your video games and your dvds right we did we did get through a lot of video or a lot of dvds excuse me so you busted those out you kind of unpacked those yeah yeah you watch? watch a few you know um <laughs> the cutting edge oh nice yeah um, the ice skating classic Actually, I've been kind of jonesing to watch uh, The Dark Knight again because it had been a while since I'd really seen it. I, well, I, I got care the of it. Blu-ray copy of all three movies and one box set. It's beautiful. Yeah, the box is beautiful. Yeah, I don't um, touch it. I'm not. I don't allow myself to touch it <laughs> or look at it for too long. And don't touch I, it. And if I want to watch the movies, it has to be in a completely sterile environment. <laughs> like, put on. Literally sterile. Like I have to scrub the walls. And yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like do that doctor pre-op hand washing. You really thing. only should do it in a lab. <laughs> you gotta go to, um, I don't know, Lawrence Livermore lab and be like, I'd like to watch this blue right now. And they go, okay, we'll get our team on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's such a nice box set. I don't want to like mess with it. Um, I was introducing or reintroducing myself to a few movies I hadn't seen in a while, so that was kind of fun. Well, the reason I was asking what movie is that line from? There's a a, a movie. That you and I both enjoy quite a bit. It is a, a famous director's first film. It came back out back in the '80s, where at the end of the movie, someone says to the main character, "Don't you want to stay and watch your movie?" And he says, "I don't need to watch it, Daddy. I lived it." Oh yes, of course, Pee Wee. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So, uh, director Tim Burton's first film, and I was going to bring this up because somebody was asking me to talk about it. I posted something on Facebook about it. Um, he, he was, I, I follow Pee Wee on, uh, Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was posting things. So I kind of thought I should just write since he's so posting we, stuff. Pee Wee Herman has his own website and this isn't Paul Quote, Rubin. Well, it's, it's Pee Wee Herman. It's, it's like him being Pee Wee Herman. Right. Oh, okay. It's being the persona. Oh yeah. So I figured since he's got not only, it's not like a, I guess maybe it's a page, but it's an account. So I wrote to Pee Wee. Okay, and uh, I said, and and now this this is getting a little uh, tear jerky, and and keeping all other jerking we out the, of the story. Get the jerky part right. No, we're keeping that out of the story because that's, you know, I'm I'm gonna. Go, I just meant to call you a jerk. Oh, okay, referencing um, just for no reason, not yeah. because of anything 
but uh, you know, because you sent a message here. to Pee Wee Herman. But, but okay, yes, I, I wrote a fan letter to Pee Wee Herman as an adult. Yes, not like I love your show. I watch it every day, and it wasn't that. <laughs> just so let me let me just read. Messing this. with you, sort yeah, of. Yeah, you're a dick. Oh, I'm the jerk. You're the jerk. <laughs> so I wrote, dear Mister Herman. Yes, as you know, you've... aging Mister Herman. I am 33 years old now, but I just wanted to thank you for all the years you spent with me and my generation of kids. You truly understood us and spoke to us in our own language. The 80s was a crazy time, and you helped us make the most of it. You and Mr. Burton made an amazing movie that I still treasure and share with younger generations today, because I do show it to my nephews and stuff like that. Everyone should see it. Everyone. Um, And Pee-wee's Playhouse, simply put, always felt like home. You not only babysat us and entertained us, but you taught us how to be good people. You taught us to always enjoy life, value our friends, and to use our imaginations to their full potential. You gave us the feeling that we all had some of your spirit inside us at all times and that it was cool to go a little crazy sometimes. I guess I'm just trying to say that even if you don't, even if we don't all write you letters like this one, there are tons of us, maybe even millions of us who love and who love you and appreciate everything you set out to do for us. You will always be our dear, dear friend. Thank you, Pee Wee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love Michael Wood from San Ramon, California, which is where I grew up. So Pee Wee wrote back. I got a response from Pee Wee. So that was a big deal to me. And he said, Michael, you are so nice to write me such a complimentary letter. <laughs> yeah, you can do it in the voice. I, can't, I don't think I'm going to try that one. But uh, he said, I feel a little like a teacher, both reading this and responding to it. Uh, anyway, it's highly wonderful of you to take the time to write, and I truly appreciate it. So then I wrote a follow-up kind of saying. <laughs> you wrote more? I just wrote one more message. Y- yeah, it was like three paragraphs. Uh, tiny paragraphs. Um <laughs> I said, please, you're an icon and a big influence to lots of people like myself and a very much a teacher, a complimentary, a, a completely unique and special teacher. I appreciate you appreciating it, and I'm thrilled to get a response from you. Also, tell that alter ego character of yours, Mr. Rubens, that we all admire and enjoy his work in film and television. My favorites probably being from Batman Returns, Matilda, Dunstan Checks In, and which I don't think I've actually seen, but he, he had a major part in that, and Mystery Men, not to mention... All his wonderful voice acting and animation. Who would make a better jokey Smurf or Batmite? Uh, I and my talking Pee Wee doll again. Thank you. You you forgot to mention Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Was he in the movie? Yeah. Oh, that's right. See, you're you're just as big. You also word. forgot Blow. Yeah, I saw that in there, but I was like, eh, eh I, it was a good role. Oh, so I just, you did you did look up a few of them? Yeah, and I okay. and that's where I got like Dunstan checks in. I would not have remembered that. Um, oh really? I thought maybe your days of kids country. You're just like, no, didn't yeah, that's see that like, one. I mean, that's just how it is. With Mouse hunts, maybe, a, but they get a movie and they, they see just want to watch it over and over and over and over and over, and over again. So that was that was a cool thing that happened to me this week. Did you talk? Oh, and, and I mentioned my talking pee wee doll. Where did I get that? <laughs> I, the store. You gave it to me. I did. You bought me a talking pee wee doll like this tall for like a birthday or. It was like a gag gift, but it was a really like cool gag gift. Boy, I don't remember that at all. I still have it in my storage locker. It's like sitting on top of everything in the box. I never took it out of the box. <laughs> um, so anyway, okay. that was somebody was asking because I posted his response to me. The hell was that? Is that your phone? Yeah, sorry. That's all right. I forgot to watch the the video for putting your phones on vibrate. That's okay. Is what video? You know they always show those videos before the movies. Um, usually there's like three or four now. Yeah. Hey, I, I like the ones that are like, don't be a jerk. We will kick you out. It's like, no, you won't. Are we still the customer? <laughs> like, couldn't you just ask us nicely? But there are those assholes who at movies who will full on answer a phone call. <laughs> I was, I was watching the, the stand or listening to, I should say a stand up yesterday for Louis CK. Oh yeah. And he was talking about, um, he's like, Hey, don't, don't be Facebooking or texting or doing whatever you want, because you know what? It's dark out there, and I can see every, I can see nothing but dark faces, except for your face gets lit up by your phone. I know exactly who you are. Yeah, I know exactly who you are and exactly what you're doing. Don't be that guy. Yeah. You won't be happy about it. So what, what do you think is worse, people doing that in the movie theater or bringing their two-year-old to an R-rated movie? Oh, wait. The two-year-old's way worse. Or like an infant. Like, I've seen people bring, you know... a toddler not even because two-year-olds still kind of toddler infants to movie like any movie it doesn't matter what it is i i I mean i think the worst one i ever saw was uh i went to go see the 
the George Romero movie, The Land of the Dead, which came out probably 10 years ago. Zombie movie. Yeah. I think and I have it on DVD. This I got all guy who is old enough to know better, like he was probably in his late 30s, brings his two-year-old daughter oh. to this movie, and it was so gruesome. Like there were people just literally getting ripped apart yeah. and it's showing everything. Heads cut off. Yeah, I'm anything. just like, what the Blown hell away. are you doing? Like, if he had brought a baby, the baby wouldn't even have been aware of what the hell was going on. But this two year old kid, this two year old little girl, is like probably being scarred for life now because of parenting it. 101. It's just I don't get that. And and for any parents out more there like listening. parenting 109. Oh. oh. Did you, did you write that just now in your I, head? Or, I sure did. Or did you prepare that like ahead of time? Actually, it just popped into my head. That's just wow. like the comedic genius we gotta that I am. got to get you on Last Comic Standing or something like that. I, I prefer to stay underground. Off the grid. <laughs> Stand your ground? Stay underground. Oh, stay underground. <laughs> like, you're, are you going to shoot someone? No. <laughs> Stand your ground. Stand my ground. Yes, comedically stand my ground. You know what's funny? Uh, the st- remember the stand your ground law was like introduced to America because of the last the finale of the Seinfeld show, the season, the series finale. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely, they I all went they, to they, jail. They, they watched, yeah, they they went to jail because they watched someone get carjacked and didn't do anything about it. Right. I guess it wasn't stand your ground. It was what was the law? It was like you have to do something. But it was anyway. I don't know why Stand Your Ground is a totally different law. Never mind. Um, I'm confused. But I was thinking about that episode recently. Both the guy who gets his car robbed or whatever, Mm -hmm. or who gets robbed, and the judge who sentences them are both dead now. The actors. Good. (laughs) You took Seinfeld away from us. Way to rest Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Serves you right. So there was the guy we mentioned. That's an, what you get. You die. We, we we mentioned an episode or two ago about the guy who um, died like a year ago. And I thought it was more recently than that. He played the judge. And then the kind of chubby comedian guy, kind of chubby. He was very large guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but um, really funny comedian guy who you would see on stand up like all the time. Mm, um, okay. He, he played the guy who got robbed and was angry at George, at Jerry and his friends for not helping out. Yo, they were also making fun of him too. Right, it was and they were laughing funny. at him. So he died. He just died at the age of fifty. So everybody's dying, and we're getting old. I'll, I'll go back to Louis C.K. real quick. Please he's, do. He's like he says, "I'm forty-five years old, which means I'm either like halfway through a really long, healthy life, <laughs> or I'm almost close to the end of a very unhealthy life." And then he just looks down at his stomach, and he's like, 50 years old. Like that's kind of the cutoff." Or once you get past fifty and you die, people are like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> I can, but before I can fifty, that. it's a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. These days, it's still a tragedy at like sixty, even because, it, or even seventy, because you're like, "All right, I guess people die at, at those ages," but. These days, yeah. it's it's I, almost. I, I like, don't know. Sixty. I mean, if you're sixty-five something, I mean, well, you must like, not be taking care of yourself. Like people should. Yeah. Live well, than that. I don't know. Or if you get hit who by knows? a truck. But who knows these days? I mean, you always hear about those people that are you know vegetarians, never do anything unhealthy, and then still manage to somehow get cancer. I had a health a health teacher who was like that. I don't know if she died, but I don't. From high school. Oh, no, from uh, junior college. You took of, health classes in junior college? It was part of the curriculum. It was a Weird. required course. I would uh, never willingly take a health class. They're just the most ridiculous will, thing ever. I will ever. never learn to be healthy. Never. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of junior college, uh, we had a few more people click like on the Facebook page um, who are obviously listening now or, or, or at least taking pity on us and clicking because they're friendly. I would I would think that you know the effort it takes to click like is you know there's something behind that. Yeah, but it might just be, oh poor guy probably needs a click. Here you go. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a drug. I just need another click, man. I just need just one more click. It's like when I started the Facebook page. I just need like 25 clicks and I'll be fine. You guys, just 25. Well, that actually like got us something, and then after right. that, it's it's all gravy. Baby. Everything else is just whipped cream. So. um a friend of mine, um, whom I, I think you've met, Meredith, um, she clicked like on the Facebook page. She is, she was uh, in our DVC drama uh, department that I was in, you were in, but they, she and the group of people that I hung out with there were much more into it. Mm. Yeah, Do you remember, remember when I was? Remember when I was working on, and I wasn't even in the play, but I was like a stage manager for Hamlet. 
back in like I do 2000. remember you doing that, yeah. Okay, so she played Ophelia. Ophelia. And, Ophelia. Huh. And uh, she ended up marrying the guy who played Horatio. Huh. Um, she's from here in Concord. She grew up here in Concord. and um, Although I didn't know Meredith, but Horatio, I knew him well. No. That's, yeah. It, the line is, I knew him, Horatio. He's comma. There's a comma. Ah, I, I always, he I always, knew, he knew I have this disease else. where I can't read commas. It's it's that he's not saying I knew Horatio well. He knows Horatio. Horatio's there with him in the room. He's saying yeah, he's so holding a skull. How little I know and about saying, the oh, it's this dude. I used to know him, Horatio. Anyway, so um, oh yeah, Yorick. That's right, Yorick. Yes. So Yorick, Yorick's skull is there. But uh, so uh, you got the she, point of my. She married joke. this guy, Aaron. And uh, they got they moved out to New York and now he's like directing films and documentaries and crazy. He's like a big time filmmaker now. Um, and I chat. I keep in touch with her more than anything. And my buddy, Matt McTie, who's also listening sometimes, um, who played. Oh, what was the name of the character? The brother. He played Ophelia's brother. I can't remember the character's name. But anyway, yeah. she clicked like and uh, she, I asked what people wanted us to talk about the other day. Okay. And she was the only one who responded. So it's better than the last time we asked and nobody responded. I guess. Uh, she said she wanted us to talk about a couple movie things. First was, uh, the, have you heard that Jurassic World is in production right now? I have I have heard about Jurassic World. I'm so, curious to see. Spielberg is producing? Yes. Well, yeah, no? producing. But, you know. He's, <laughs> he's always, like phoning it in. He, dude, he, when he, he, he produces a movie. basically threw in a few million bucks to get his yeah. name in the title. No, he's he's kind of got it. I'm sure he's got it in his contract that anytime there's a Jurassic Park anything, he's getting production credit. He yeah. may not even need to do anything. He probably okays the script and goes, I approve of this and the casting. And then... If what did Michael need... Crichton think? Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, he was over 50. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he he was be... like 52. He can die. Um, he was actually really old. He was over... Well, not really old, but he was older than you would think by looking at him. He was really? like in his 60s. Yeah. Because oh. think about it. Like, he did the Andromeda strain back in like 1970-something. I mean, he... He could have been 10 when he wrote that. <laughs> No, he'd already like maybe he's a prodigy. He was already a, he had a, a PhD or a, a MD or something like that by the time he started writing those things. You know what I always loved about Crichton novels though is they were always so well researched. Yeah, like he knew what he was that guy about. did his homework. But that's what I'm saying. He and, and he was also uh, the creator of ER, so he knew like medical stuff and biology and things like that. So if you look yeah. at his movies, they tend to be about uh, nature in some respect or another it's usually a clash between nature and, and science and, and science or man-made science or something yeah. like that yeah i mean jurassic or, park he wrote a story called nan what was it was it nano it was about nanotechnology in the book no no no. Was it was it was a different book entirely oh, okay. called prey That's right 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 uh that was about nanotechnology so it's kind of stuff. like the the will of man to control and, and have some influence over nature and then nature fights back or whatever sphere there's a lot of that in sphere as well life finds a way yeah. So, um, but anyway, the movies like got um, Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, some other people I can't remember, but hmm. it looked like they were filming in Hawaii. And I don't have anything, I don't have any news up to bring about it. But what do you think? You think it'll be any good? Jurassic Park 3 was not a it terrible movie, okay. but it was they, not it great. Stole, it stole a couple of scenes from um, the old book, the, from Jurassic the original Park. Jurassic Park book. Yeah, the scene with the pterodactyls. Mm hmm. Uh, in the aviary, and then the scene where they're on the boat. The raft. Was it, it a raft? It was like a barge, kind of. Oh, okay. And in that movie, the Spinosaur, or whatever the uh, hell that thing was, attacks. In the book, it was the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. Um, so, it, yeah, both of those were stolen out of the book. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like there's dinosaurs all over the world in this one or something like that. I would think that that's... What if we <laughs> brought the dinosaurs to everybody... <laughs> And just start putting dinosaurs in random spots whether, all over the globe. Whether they wanted them or not, here they are. John, If only John Hammond could see it now. Dude, the majesty in everyone's Rat, eyes. Richard Attenborough's still alive, right? Yeah. But <laughs> he, in the movie, he's in the series, he's dead. He dies in the book, in the first book, but then yeah, he's like he gets in... by compies in the first in, book. Yeah, and they, they did that in the second Jurassic Park. Right, with uh, the, the nihilist. The nihilist from <laughs> Big Lebowski. <laughs> and I remember him also from... Um, you know, nobody ever talks about this movie but me, but uh, Minority Report. He's the guy that gives um, Tom Cruise a new set of eyeballs. Yeah, that, that's right. The, the crazy eye doctor. Yeah. 
and he keeps going wah wah. Really? I don't know what that means, but he goes wah wah all the time. Weird. <laughs> it's very I've weird. Never but I love got, that. Never got that. Watch that movie again if you get a chance. It's it's <laughs> like twelve years old. No, not just for that. It's a great oh, okay. movie. Nobody ever watches it or gives it its due, but it's a great movie. It was um, a good flick. So one and one and two. I I remember Jurassic Park is still my favorite. In fact, I think I've mentioned before that when people go, "Oh, you're into filmmaking. What's your favorite movie?" And you know any <laughs> any real. Film. Oh, you're a chef. What's your favorite dish? Yeah, what, well, you're what, an artist. You're a you painter. What's your favorite color? Right. Exactly. How, what's your favorite color? It's like well, it, it depends on what day it is, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, I always just keep that one loaded. I go ah, Jurassic Park because it's the one that really launched me into giving it's, a damn about. It's a quick response I can give to <laughs> everyone get people knows off my case. It kind of is, but everybody knows what it is. And but for me, it was the one that made me go, "Oh wow, movies! Like people make these." And there's, I think there was a lot of. Um, you know, specials on TV about the making of it. And that was the first time I started seeing that. Hmm. So that kind of, kind of spurred my interest in, in, you know, grabbing the video camera and doing, and I, I used to make little home movies with toy dinosaurs after Jurassic Park, toy dinosaurs and the soundtrack to Jurassic Park. And I'd edit them all together and like, did you include stuff. The, the grappling hook and dino buddy? No, the, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's been a running gag with us forever, but there yeah. was a Jurassic Park toy back in the day. It was like, like right, when Harding, the movies came out. Dr. Harding, the, the action figure with grappling hook and dino buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all came with a dino buddy because that was cute, in the movie. Cute little dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. One of them was like a little raptor. Like, <laughs> I don't like, want that. Oh, <laughs> Raptors grow up, people. They grow up to be big. <laughs> They're not just cute little dinosaurs forever. <laughs> but that was in the book. Do you remember that? What? In in Jurassic Park, in the in Michael Crichton's book, he's um, motivated to make a theme park because some geneticists had made like dinosaur or not dinosaurs. They had made elephants that stayed small. So oh, yeah. You, they yeah. were like the size of a cat and people could have them as pets in the house and they were just cute. And it like a, just imagine that it's like the most holy crap. That's cute. <laughs> like that's the cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen. It's like a little <laughs> elephant the size of a cat that stays that big forever. So anyway, yeah, um, that'd be weird. So I don't know exactly what the plot is. I can't even remember who's directing it. We could look it up, but I'm not. I'm going to move on. Um, How long would it take you to get over the fact that you went over to somebody's house and they had a miniature elephant just like walking? I would never get over that. Yeah. I'd be like, we need to hang out all the time, every day. <laughs> you have a tiny elephant. Hey, Charlie, can your elephant come out and play? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to give it like a cute, a cuter name than elephant, but it'd be like well, I just a said small your elephant, elephant, but a small elephant or something oh, like that. Oh, like, I see. Just as they, as the species, yeah, as this kind of thing, like a, a tiny fint or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Ella small. <laughs> that's horrible. I hate that. <laughs> Ella small. Come on. That's, yeah, the thing's it. Ella small. It's Ella, it's Ella small, dude. Um, okay, so the other stories that uh, that Meredith wanted us to touch on. Uh, I'll throw this one out here. I don't know if you're since you're cut off from the world at all. I times. have I have actually seen that picture before. The, so it's a brand new picture, even though it's black and white. I thought it was an old picture at first. I thought it was George Lucas hanging out, but it's a black and white photo of the Star Wars Episode Seven. Is cast. Lucas in that picture? No, I think they said you stay over there. <laughs> Just don't don't, don't come out in the room. Um, so we'll we'll give you an early release. Two days before it's supposed to come out. We'll give you half price ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, feel free to join. So along with uh, the usuals, uh, Mark Hamill's back. Carrie Fisher's back. Uh, what's that other guy's name? Um, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. He's in there. Uh, Kenny Baker. Anthony Daniels. Play R2-D2 and C-3PO. Okay. Respectively. And cool. Peter Mayhew, who plays a woman named Chewie. And uh, they're all sitting in this circle here. And then along with them, we have newcomers. And I, it's hard to say newcomer when you na- say a name like Max von Sydow. Is it shit. Cito or Sido? I think I've heard him say it before. And it's Cito. He's awesome. He is. He was Ming the Magnificent in, um, or the Ming the... Ming the Merciless. Merciless, that's what it was. In the <laughs> Flash Gordon movie from the 80s that was just... He was also Ming the Magnificent in the gay version of Flash Gordon. <laughs> I'm Ming! <laughs> no, Love he was. Me. I think my favorite Max von Sydow role was where he played the, uh, I guess, basically the devil in Needful Things. I don't think I've seen that one. Who's it's in that? A great one? movie. Well, Max von Sydow. Look, I know that one. Uh, Ed Harris. Okay. 
Um, there's a couple of those like oh that guy yeah 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 type of thing. <laughs> a but, couple of those guys are in there. Yeah. But, um, and the aforementioned Minority Report. He was in that. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you remember him being in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like the 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 creator of what is it pre time or pre? No, it's uh the pre crime. Do pre pre crime? Yeah, they figure out crimes before they happen. And of course, the real question is, but if they never happened, how can someone be guilty? Hmm. Anyway, um, they were gonna do it. They were. That's in theory, but a they, crime of they, passion. They catch them like in the act. Yeah, they uh, anyway, good movie, check it out. So he's going to be obviously some either what do you think Jedi, Sith, are there any Sith in this movie? I mean, according he'll to the old movies, probably be like the chancellor or something. They'll probably reinstate. You don't think he'll have a big role? I don't. The chancellor's kind of a side character in most he's of the movies. He's too obvious as like the bad guy. I don't know. He's kind of like Christopher Lee in the and prequels. I would, and I would think that at this point in the Star Wars world series like yeah. anybody who's that old probably wouldn't I mean, the bad guys would have all come out of the woodwork if if they were that old, right. I would think. Well, Christopher Lee was like 90. I think whoever the bad guy whoever the bad guy is going to be is probably going to be younger, well, like I a think, newer a newer bad guy. Yeah, so I think the one that uh who's the guy from Girls that is getting Yeah, he's awesome. Uh is he Do you watch that show? Yeah. Uh what's his name? Brian Burke, is that? No, that's no, the producer. No. It's scroll back. Adam up. Driver. Adam Driver, that's the one. Um, so it says in this picture, J.J. Abrams announced the cast for Star Wars Episode Seven by posting this photo of the first table read. And there's not so much a table, but like a coffee table kind of thing. Well, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, along with casting on StarWars.com. Abrams, top center right, leads the reading with Harrison Ford. Daisy Ridley, whom I don't know. Carrie Fisher. I've seen her. She She's famous for being in the Blues Brothers, I think. Yeah. She's famous for being in the Burbs. Uh, the Burbs. That's where you'd know her from. Uh, Peter Mayhew, and then producer Brian Burke, Lucasfilm president, and producer Kathleen Kennedy, who is awesome, by the way. I mean, just look up her credits and see how many amazing movies she's been involved with, mostly by hanging out with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and those guys. Uh, Dom Hall Gleason. I think that's all one word. That might be the guy that was from Attack the Block. It's the like the lead guy from Attack the Block. Didn't see it. You never saw, oh, you'd love that movie. It's a dance movie, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yo, we about to attack the block, yo. No, it's about aliens who come down and these British hoodlum kids just like tear them apart. Oh, okay. Oh, it's I think a I great remember movie. Yeah, you probably talked about it in an early episode. Actually. No, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but it's a good movie. Uh, Anthony, Dan- Anthony Daniels, Mark Hamill, Andy Serkis is I, in this. I don't know who Andy Serkis oh, is. Oh, yes, you do. He played Gollum. He played uh, King Kong in the recent in the King Kong remake. He played, those are all animated exactly. And he, well, it's all motion capture, so he plays the character, and they. So he's going to be playing another animated. We don't character. know. Well, he was also in. I mean, did you see the King Kong remake? Yeah. It was so good. he also it was good. he the, played the chef, the Peter Jackson one. Right. He played the chef as well. Huh. Okay. Who gets eaten by that. a giant slug, and he looks like huge and ripped in that one. Um, he played uh, Caesar in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm, okay. And so he's going to be Caesar in the new Planet of the I Apes. I thought Tim Roth was Caesar. That was in the Planet of the Apes remake with uh, Mark Wahlberg, the Tim Burton one. I'm talking about oh, 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 the oh, new, oh. new ones. Actually, no, he wasn't Caesar. I forget. What he wasn't Caesar. Was. He was a bad guy. Yeah. But um, anyway, so he does. he's famous for his motion capture performances, but he's also done some other acting. And he's been around forever. So it's really interesting to see that he's in this. Oh, I think uh, Oscar Isaac is from... I think the only thing we know him from is the recent Coen Brothers movie, um, Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. Which I haven't seen yet. So I hear he's great. Uh, John Boyega, and then writer Lawrence Kasdan. I don't know who Lawrence Kasdan is. You should. He's writ- He wrote Empire Strikes Back. He oh. was also included in, the- he was one of the screenwriters on Return of the Jedi. Um, he's oh, directed. I hope, it- I hope it works. He's a writer, director, and. If you watch any like making of Star Wars things, he's in all the he's being interviewed in all of those and things like that. So uh, they got rid of the guy who was who had written like Toy Story and Little Miss Sunshine or whatever. Um, Adam, who's they? The producers. Producers of what? Star Wars. So they so oh they, they originally had those people in writing the story. They had this one guy who had written those movies writing the story, and then 
after he turned in a draft, they went, okay, we're going to go in another direction. And they brought in Lawrence Cassidy. <laughs> okay, that sucks. It might have been that, but I think uh, there's the fanboys have gone on and on about what the Juju, issue was. Juju Bunks? No, we don't need another stupid kids character in this. <laughs> Juju? Instead of Jar Jar? Get, getting all... Uh, um, well, I said, whatever. I didn't mean religious it. Religious like, about I, it? I was or? spelling it J-O-U. <laughs> oh, okay. You didn't hear me say it's it that way? It's pronounced Jow Jow. No, that's J-O-W. No, actually, I was... Um, as we you were mentioning that you had just gotten a new video game, but it's not a new video game. Oh, you bought that? I bought the yeah the the Star Wars Force Unleashed. Have oh. you how far have you played through it? Oh, I've you beaten the game? Yeah, several okay. times. I so found found everything. It takes uh, place between episodes three and four. Did and, you how far have you got? Did you um, beat it yet? I don't really know. No, I, I've only had it a couple days, but there's one place where you, if you look carefully at the surround at the the um, environments, there's a place where Jar Jar. Have you seen Jar Jar in the game? Yeah, he's, he's frozen in carbonite. Frozen in carbonite, so. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't mean he can show up in the next set of movies because oh he's been waiting all this time. If only to be like, oh, Misa waking up. Misa's been in Carbonite for so, so long. Instead of, oh, <laughs> oh, Jar Jar's dead. Misa see great white blur. <laughs> no, you don't. You're done. Yeah, Jar Jar was kind of the harbinger of death for those prequels, but... Uh, so anyway, there's a bunch of uh, news about that now. So l- actually, let me ask before we move on too far from this. What is a table reading? A table read is where they do it for like sitcoms. Every episode of a sitcom. Uh, you sit down, you get the whole cast together after the script is read or re- after the script is written and approved. They sit all the actors down and run through it. Okay. So you sit at a big table, usually a big conference table. You're all looking at each other and everybody reads their part. And and then somebody will read the narrator to read the descriptions of the scene or whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty standard. But for a movie like this, pretty it's standard. Really. It's a standard thing for any for any production, but um, it's a special one when it's Star Wars because you got some big names in there. So oh man, are they making another Power Rangers? Movie? Don't ask about that. Where did you see that? That's on the right. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I hated the Power Rangers. <laughs> You're such a ripoff of the Ninja Turtles. I thought. They're like, oh, hey, there's they do... even a bigger rip off of Voltron if you ever watch that. Okay, there you go. So we'll get into that if it ever becomes an issue. Um, but the other story from my Pinterest page says, and the Star Wars Episode Seven title is. <gasps> so this is the dr- the drunkening, the ancient fear. Okay, so Maximum Sido is playing the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the ancient fear. Um, so as the writer on here says from, uh, I guess it was Harry Knowles of Ain't It Cool News found this out somehow, but the writer of this article says, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, we, we know that even if it is true, it's only at this point a working title. They could change it before production is done. You know, they could, before it goes to theaters and it would be cool if this, I mean, it's not a fascinating title at all. (laughs) I'd say, I'd even venture to say that the Phantom Menace is a better name than the ancient fear. Yeah. You're probably right. Um, it says that the, uh, some kind of long-forgotten evil could jibe with the rumor that the movie's antagonist will not be a Sith. Getting a little nerdy there, but whatever. Uh, that'd, any, be, that'd be a good direction. The fact that it's happening and it's not George Lucas at the helm is good news. That's all we need to know. I kind of liked uh, Plinkett's take on the whole... Um, <laughs> just Redlettermedia.com. Redlettermedia.com, Plinkett's review on Star Wars Episode One. At least watch that. That's really funny. Anyway... He was talking about the the lightsaber usage in the first three episodes right. and how like it just gets boring after the while. They because use it it's so much it's so just not special anymore. Whereas in like episodes four, five, and six, they only use it like a little bit in special circumstances. Yeah, special like, times. Not not only there was it sparingly, but it was at key moments when there was um, not only visually, hey, we need some action here, but it was like at a point where the characters really were coming to a head of a struggle of some sort. So not having a bad guy as a Sith might lead to more of that. I don't know. I hope it just has more of a, it's more, the characters are more relatable in this one than they were in episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. I think because George Lucas did the writing and then had some people touch it up in those first three that he's not a great writer. I mean, he's not a bad writer when he does stuff like when he comes up with concepts, but having a screenwriter work with him works better. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, enough nerd stuff. Let's let's go over to talking about um, Stephen Hawking. I don't know. <laughs> good good segue. <laughs> um, 
It's funny that I just read this article that I thought would be funny to talk about because apparently he went and saw the movie Transcendence that just came out. Okay. I think it's Wally Pfister, the guy that did all the uh, cinematography yeah. for got like the Dark a, Knight movies and stuff. Yeah, like a 21% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Nobody liked it, and I'm bummed because it looked really cool from the trailer, but um, I guess he just saw that and then said AI would be the worst thing to happen to humanity unless we take a lot of precautions. And uh, to that I say, did you never see The Terminator 30 <laughs> years ago? Like, yeah, any movie where there's a there's artificial intelligence that goes wrong, it, they always go wrong in movies. It, <laughs> it always point. happens. Look at uh, for the the Will Even Smith the movie. movie. Yeah. I am I Robot. I Robot or I Am Legend. No, that's not. <laughs> no, uh, no. But in AI, the movie AI, there's yeah. still plenty of troubles with having you know robots impersonating humans. Of course, that's not. That one's not so much about robots taking over. No, but, but he's talking about that. He's talking about robots taking over the world and, and destroying Matrix. Us. The Matrix, yes. And I'm like, this guy doesn't go to the movies very often or read much science fiction because he's so you know, ingrained in actual you science. You don't think that he wheels himself down to the movie theater every, you know? Why not? <laughs> he seems like he enjoys an entertaining movie as much as the next person. It's, it's like he just went and saw this one and went, holy shit. There's we, a problem. We don't want that. Wait a minute. Did you guys think about what if this actually happened? I mean, so I don't know. That was a weird Wait thing. Wait a minute. This looks bad. <laughs> oh, you're bad, Rob. What? I'm just doing my Stephen Hawking impression. <laughs> impersonation. Did you see when he was on The Simpsons? No. Homer, your theory of a donut-shaped universe is intriguing. It's intriguing. And he's, he's like, um, Mo comes over and goes, all right, who's picking up this tab? And Homer leans over and goes, I am. <laughs> I did not say that. Yes, I did. <laughs> Doesn't that thing punch Homer or something? Something like a, does. A, like a... He has an extending punching glove come out of his wheelchair or something. Yeah. Um, also, I was going to mention, did you see the uh, solar eclipse the other night, or about a week ago? Lunar. No, we had a, well, there was a lunar, there was a blood moon the, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. It was up, I was up to like midnight. I did think, you did you find a virgin in time to sacrifice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine get, was mine was like down in the wire. It's like got, I had to. No, you got to plan ahead. I had to go a little younger than I really wanted to, but <laughs> I made it. You got to plan these. things I made ahead. it. Thank God. I, you know, I love. You know, it's like Halloween. I love setting up the altar. <laughs> Excuse and, me. Th- thank the gods. Right. <laughs> Our pagan gods. <laughs> yes. Um, no, it was. So, do you know why it turns blood red? Uh, because that particular. Eclipse. It doesn't happen at all. Eclipse. Well, because of the light that's coming off the Earth and refracting off Venus. No. Close. Yeah, I know. I know the light that's curving around the Earth uh, it, pat, from the from the sun curving over the Earth, hitting the Moon. Yeah, causes it, it to. Well, basically, you know, the sun is giving off white light, which includes all the colors in the spectrum that we see visibly, and some invisible colors like ultraviolet and or ultraviolet and uh, infrared. Um, so when they come through our atmosphere, because the sun, the moon is at exactly the right distance between the sun and the moon in that particular eclipse, that it curves around our Earth. Gra- our gravity bends the light and focuses it to point right at the moon. But because our atmosphere has so much nitrogen in it, it bounces the blue light bounces around in our atmosphere so much it doesn't go straight through. Mm. So we see a lot of blue light in here from the sun. That's why our sky is blue. And yeah. On it goes to the moon, and only the red light really gets through as, as strongly as anything else. So it turns it blood red. But this was a solar eclipse that was only visible from Australia and, like, most visible from Antarctica. Mm. And I stayed up till, I think it was, like, around 11 or midnight and watched a, um, a webcast where they were talking about it. It was really cool. Hmm. Okay, um, doesn't seem like quite the same to watch it on the Internet. but It's not. But you might as well just watch an old video of one that that happened. Right. But it, but if you're gonna be a good uh, astronomy nerd, you gotta like watch the ones that are happening right now. Oh, okay. So they were talking all about like uh, they they had a, a solar expert um, come on and talk about it. From it was cool because they were they were somewhere in the United States. They were sh- uh, broadcasting from a, uh, a telescope in uh, Australia, and they had this expert talking from Japan. Hmm. Who she was an, a, a New Zealander, but she was in Japan talking about the sun but that was pretty cool so people this is one of like four not the solar eclipse so the, lo- the lunar eclipse i think we have three more lunar eclipses this year 
Yeah, that's what I heard, that there's going to be a large number. So check them out, people, because science is cool. Um, and then one more quick uh, movie nerd uh, thing here. So Zack Snyder made Man of Steel. What were your thoughts on that, by the way? I liked it. I liked it better than Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. I think both of those movies have good parts, but I think I liked Man of Steel more, but I don't think it was as good as um, Christopher Nolan's Batman Oh no! It wasn't as well thought out. It wasn't as no, well no. as well crafted. But I it, showed it, it just, to my nephews recently because yeah. I said I, in the last podcast I said I was going to go uh, babysit my nephews for a week, and I did, and I uh, showed them that one. They loved it, and it kind of makes me like appreciate it more when a kid can watch it and really love it. For hmm. some reason, it makes it a better movie. So um, yeah, I don't even, know. Though, even though kids like shit, <laughs> kids like horrible movies too. Mm, adults so, like horrible movies too good point but when a kid can like a movie like a superman movie and just think that was really cool then i can go okay yeah i get it i can i can let go of all the hang-ups that i have over like he destroyed all these buildings it was like 9 11 times 100 in metropolis <laughs> in this movie i mean they they crashed through so many buildings and the buildings fell over it was 9 11 times 100 <laughs> yes exactly well that's yes ninety one thousand one hundred. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Zack Snyder is new, now directing the Batman Superman movie that's coming out next with um, Ben Affleck playing Batman or Batfleck. Ben Hoofleck? Ben Hoofleck? Nobody even knows what that's from, but that's... Yeah, it's an old SNL thing. Mango. Yeah, if you watch the Mango. You kind of have the Mango. So Mango so Zach, said... And then Zack Snyder's going to be directing the, the Justice League movie, so I see. It looks like... yeah. So, so he's so going to be like DC's go-to director... For this franchise, because well, he's he's either gonna make an even bigger name for himself, or he's gonna go down with the ship. Well, you know what? He did Watchmen. Great movie. It was a good movie. Great adaptation of the comic book. Um, if Man of Steel was a miss, it wasn't a misfire. It wasn't. It just wasn't a bullseye either. So hopefully, this next one will be good. And then Justice League will all be set up for that. But I think that's DC really trying to play catch up against Marvel and their Avengers universe that's taking over the, the movie industry right now. I just I know it just seems to me like, you know, I, I always hated Superman Return. Well, not hated, but Superman Returns, which is not one of my favorite movies. So I would think to well, myself, to pick like up after Superman, two, And it's like, how do you do that 25 years later? No, uh, I mean, that, that I, was didn't, a I didn't right have a problem the with the, the plot itself so much. Well, actually, I didn't have a problem with the beginning of the plot so much. But then um, it's just how do you create situations for Superman that are, I mean, he can do basically anything. Well, and, and it, I, I just couldn't even think of a movie that I would have been like, that would have been so much cooler if they had done that. Right. Because you're not a writer for those kind of things. But I think comic well, book yeah, writers but... are always forced with, especially with Superman, to put him in a situation where he is vulnerable. And you go, well, he's like a god. Pretty much. Right. But he can't be two places at once. And that was the original Superman movie. Do you choose to <laughs> yeah. save New Jersey or California? And then he had to fight. In the second one, he had to fight Zod and his two cronies. Right. And, and that was, you know, that's entertaining. But, I mean, you can only watch two invincible people, like, well, beat each but, other up for so long. But the but the real thing about Superman 2 was that he wanted to be human. He wanted to forego his superpowers yeah. in order to live a normal life with Lois Lane. That's, pr in my opinion... Probably the best Superman movie. That's a better. Did you ever see the director's cut? I don't know. I've got it. Probably. Up, I've got it upstairs. It's uh, only in the last ten years or so. You've got it. Yeah. Let's go watch it right now. Okay. And we're back. Wow, that was really good. That was great. Didn't you like that? <laughs> Just so much better. So like, much more I directory. I didn't even know that they could, like, I don't know that they could make it that much better. Amazing. Do you like the part where he killed 14 children? Yeah. Like for no reason, just because he was mad? Yeah. And he like ate a bowl of soup from like 10 feet away somehow. <laughs> like, I don't even know how he did that. Because he's like a god. Because he's Superman. <laughs> he just goes, can't believe that's what I came up with. Superman. <laughs> Superman. I don't know. Maybe that's where my mind was going on that one. Because, yeah, that was pretty lame. Um, no, the director's cut is Richard Donner uh, basically got thrown off the project halfway through. And some other Richard finished it. <laughs> it's another guy named Richard. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> you need another dick to finish this movie. <laughs> they, did, they took that very literally. Yeah. Um, so he, years later, took all the stuff that he had written originally. And, um, and I think they had used the... They had 
originally planned the two movies to be back to back, and the the original ending of Superman two was the flying around the world and turning it backward. So mm-hmm. he reincorporates that into the second one as if the first one didn't really happen or something like that. Anyway, it's a cool it's a mm. cool thing to see. Interesting. Um, but yeah, okay. I hope I hope so. They've already cast um, a Wonder Woman for the next movie. And uh, some other superheroes. Yeah, there's probably going to be a Flash movie and a no. You know what? There, and... Flash has been in the Arrow TV show, so I think they're going to do a spinoff of him. Huh. Okay. Um, and they've got the Gotham TV show that's coming out. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yes, looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks good. It's got the kid from the OC playing Jim uh, Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. And so uh, and then you know it's really just about him. Um, but anyway, enough about that comic book movie stuff. So good for Zack Snyder. Let's just hope it's not crap. Right. Um, another thing I had on here to talk about was uh, that Kurt Cobain killed himself about 20 years ago uh, this last month. Huh. Oh, and yeah. um, along with the anniversary came some revelation of uh, a couple different things, uh, one of which was a note that was found in his wallet that had not been disclosed to the public. And uh, this article, I owe you one cheeseburger. They're <laughs> baffled to see to, to find out what it means. But uh, no, there was a note because um, he had written a, a, a suicide note that said, you know, it was all lovey dovey towards Courtney Love and um, Francis Bean, Francis Bean, take care of Francis and all that stuff. And then they found this one that said it was written on uh, stationery from the Phoenix Hotel in San Francisco. Um, it said, do you, Kurt Cobain, take Courtney Michelle Love to be your lawful shredded wife? Um, you promise to love her at least once a week. Well, let's see where it was. It was actually written more legibly somewhere. Um, even when she's a bitch with zits and siphoning all your money for doping and whoring, um, will you promise to fuck her once a week, uh, or at least once a week, all this stuff. So... It was just a, a weird, silly letter, but and everyone was going, "Wait, man! If he wrote that, then the suicide letter—it's like contradictory to it. He's being all sarcastic, like he doesn't really love her, and he's like angry at her, and he thinks she's a bitch, and and like all this stuff. And then the it's real, just feeding into the the conspiracy theory the conspira- that he was murdered. Yeah, that that Courtney murdered him. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, that she had done it, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but um. Well, did they match the handwriting samples? That's what this article doesn't touch on. This about two days later, an article came out where all the hardcore fans who have been collecting his, you know, uh, actual handwritten lyrics and things like that went. This is nothing like his uh, handwriting. In fact, if you look at um, Courtney Love's handwriting, this is her. She wrote this to him. It was a self-deprecating oh, okay. uh, marriage vow or something like that. Oh yeah. Okay. So well, back that, to the drawing. That board. actually that makes that note make way more sense. Then. Totally. Totally. So back to the drawing board with the uh, conspiracy theory, but um, sorry, Nirvana fans still, still looks like a suicide. Yeah. Don't know. Um, and someone, there's one other piece. There's like, but his credit card was used a week after his death. What? So there's so, one he, little piece of evidence that it's like, it's a credit card. A lot of people could have used that. Yeah. If they had it. Courtney could have used Courtney it. Courtney could have used it. <laughs> I mean, so, she was his wife. I'm I'm not an expert on the uh, the death of Kurt Cobain, but that was one of the things that was in the news. That kind of relates to our world because we grew up in the '90s and we like Nirvana. Yeah, that was Nirvana. Was wow, that was a movement. Were you into Nirvana like at the time that they were getting big, or were you kind of about the time he died and everybody glommed oh, on no. his music? No, I was I was into the band when they were still alive. See, I. My brother well, got me into are. him. Like they sent me, he sent me the Nevermind album. It was just like, this is awesome. You need to listen to this. Really, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he yeah. actually that was a that was the three pack. There was Nirvana, Nevermind, Stone Temple Pilots, Core, and oh, ACDC, wow. Back in Black. Wow, your and that was took the <laughs> second, third, and fourth rock and roll album I ever owned. What was the first one? Uh, the Black Album from Metallica. Damn. I had a friend who got that, and I was listening to it, and I'm like, this is pretty awesome. I think I like this. I'm into this. I think I like this rock and roll music. I'm going to put away these MC Hammer cassette tapes that I've got (laughs) and and focus on this, this Ninja Turtles movie theme uh, track. Don't don't knock the soundtrack. The soundtrack to the Ninja Turtles movie. That that was a a favorite of mine. Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Actually, I didn't have that one. That was the second soundtrack. 
I love I I listened to the Ninja Turtles soundtracks when I was a kid. I don't care. I loved them. Um, but I did. I was thinking about that this week. That my first rock albums that I ever got, or I should say, on CD, because if you want to call it rock, my grandmother got me like an early Huey Lewis and the News tape. Oh, I loved Huey Lewis and the News growing up. My my dad listened to it. My brother liked him. Like, I think it was Picture This was the album my mom my my grandma got me, hmm. and I was like, cool, thanks. Who is this? I don't know what this is, but I, I got to know it. And does he just read the news? <laughs> it sounds really boring. I wish Huey Lewis, who is a Bay area resident could come on our podcast and do the news. <laughs> and here's Huey Lewis with the news. <laughs> How awesome would that be? <laughs> He's like, I can't believe my life has been reduced to this. Not as awesome as if he sang it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to do a bit about Huey Lewis singing the news. <laughs> um, but I was—I recently busted out because I was going to be babysitting my nephews. And my nephews need, because they're obsessed with Minecraft. Unfortunately. Like, really, yes. Very unfortunately. Unhealthily uh, obsessed <sighs> with, with Minecraft. It is unhealthy. And the only music they listen to are the musical parodies. Of Minecraft, of songs that are parodied into Minecraft versions of songs. So they're into Minecraft. <sighs> Dude, like, they, uh, <laughs> I am so, I'm done with it. Like, I can't, I have no patience for it. So, um, I bring CDs to play in the car with them. So I'm like, here, listen to something else for God's sake. Jesus. So I busted out, uh, well, Michael Jackson's bad album. I already got them into that one a long time ago. So that's yeah. You got to start with the easy stuff. Yeah, stuff that a kid can get into right away. And I, I did at that age. So, um, the new Chicken Foot, the lot not new. It's a few years old, but Chicken Foot album. Chicken Foot, really? Chicken Foot, because they know Joe Satriani. They know Joe's. Like, well, they don't hang out with him, but they yeah, know of he, his music. Isn't he friends with? Uh, no, my brother, um, has a slight connection to him because my brother's a drummer. His drum teacher that he was going to for a while is Jeff Campitelli, who played drums for Joe Satriani for many years. Oh, okay. Uh, so we would get in to see shows for free and stuff like that, but Jeff's not with the group anymore. Um, but they also know that I'm a huge Van Halen fan, so I said, these two guys were in the band, were, were used to be in Van Halen, and now they're in Chickenfoot. So mm. they, go, they have that connection. And I recently taught them to be a big fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers' most recent album. I'm with you. So my, my nephews love that album. They borrowed the CD. They read they're, through the book. How old are they? Nine. Yeah, they're, they're on their way. They'll, they'll be rock and roll fans. You they just need gotta, to be. You just got to wait it out. It's a phase. I'm just, I'm just making sure that they get a steady stream of good rock music. But the other CD I brought with me was Aerosmith's greatest hits album that was the Big Ones CD that came yeah. out circa 1994, which this year will have been 20 years ago. Did it come out in 94? I thought it was like 96, 97 no. that came no, out. No, because, um, no, it was 1994 because I got that Christmas, I got my first three CDs. And they were Hell Freezes Over, the Eagles album, uh-huh. the live album, plus four new recordings. And it was the first time they'd been together in 14 years, um, which was my whole lifetime at that time. And I and I had grown <laughs> because of classic rock radio. So they were like a new band. Sort of. I mean, when I got into classic rock, everything was a new band for me back then. Yeah. And that was in my junior high years. So uh, I started going to see concerts. I would go to see Boston and um, eventually. What was, what was your first concert you went to? Unfortunately, it was <laughs> free tickets to go see Stevie Nicks. Um, Not Fleetwood Mac, though. No. she. Well, she, was tour- she wasn't with Fleetwood Mac at the time. Right. But uh, my friend Russ and I uh, won tickets. Do you know this story? Yeah. So yeah, we we got tickets from the local radio station that was doing a thing where they came down to like our our grocery store near our houses, and we just sat there and kept entering the raffle or whatever until we won something, and we kept winning like little like a sticker, a hat or whatever, and then we were like, we want concert tickets, so we kept putting our name in this thing, and they kept <laughs> every hour they were drawing out a new thing or something like or every twenty minutes or whatever it was, so we eventually we got tickets to go see Stevie Nicks, and we were like, yay, a concert, you know, it was yeah. like. Let's go. And that was at Shoreline Pavilion. Um, But my, so that, eh, I didn't buy those tickets. They were kind of giving them away. Fair enough. 
my first concert after that, if we can count that one, is the Eagles. Ah, Arco okay. Arena. Um, my my half sister and her then husband took me and Russ, and we went up to Sacramento and saw the Eagles there. So that cool. was awesome. So that my first CDs were that album, Bob Seger's greatest hits. I was a big Bob Seger fan at the moment. Betsy's a big Bob Seger fan. Yeah, so I I really liked his greatest not hits. That I'm album. not, but I think I got to know his music um, because he had a couple songs on the uh, Forrest Gump soundtrack, which was also ninety three ninety four. Somewhere around there. And I I thought those were really good songs. And I was always hearing them on the radio, and I liked that. And then Aerosmith's big ones. So that Christmas, I got those three CDs. Interesting mix. Oh, man. I mean, that Aerosmith, that introduced me to Aerosmith uh, pretty well. But then the other greatest hits album, they have the red one with half their logo on it. Mm-hmm. is like all their 70s stuff. So those together kind of gave me an education on what good American classic rock and roll was into early 90s. So... Yep, that's what my so that covers our first rock albums. Yeah. Um, before we go, I do want to mention that um, your friend Veronica also clicked like on the Facebook page, so you got to give her a shout out. Go V. What up V? She's she's listened to every single one of them so far. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's more she's, than she's anybody. Into it. She she gets uh, the rank of number one fan. That's right. <laughs> we're we're making a T-shirt for you right now. Says Rob. Uh, you know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> you should. I'm going to make her a t-shirt. <laughs> it's coming. Are you going to hand write with a Sharpie like my... No, 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 no. Come man. on. I'll put a little more production value into that. It's going to be iron-on letters. All right. Remember remember the gift that um, Amelia always wanted for me? Rob's friend? Yeah. On a t-shirt? Well, you, we had a friend uh, back in, in high school, and just as a gag gift, I gave her a t-shirt said, with I'm, iron-on letters that just said, I am friends with Rob Florence. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, I also gave her a CD, because it yeah. was just a gag gift. But <laughs> um, Yeah, I hope, uh, she's got like two kids now. Yeah. She's married with two kids, but uh, she she needs to listen, too. So we'll, I'll see if I can bug her, get her to listen. And finally, um, I was going to mention, because somebody brought up on... Uh, I was browsing through my favorite website, Imager, and someone was talking about they had made some posters for um, Soviet Bear for student council. And Soviet Soviet Bear Bear is, I don't know, a character. So I don't quite get it. But they kept making all these super capitalist uh, memes of Soviet Bear. And anytime anyone who was really running put up a poster, they would make an opposing poster about that one. And I was like, that's cute. But we already did that back in our... High school right. days. That's Talk right. about that. Take it away, our, Rob. Our our hooligan days. Oh, we were so bad. Oh man. <laughs> Tell <laughs> we uh, we made up a candidate running like you know we were seniors and you know you always see the the vote for whoever posters. Yeah, for uh, student body president or something like that. Blow it or don't blow it. Delow it. Right. Was that Brian Delow? Brian Delow. Yeah, <laughs> running for president. Um, so you know runs. those those like. You know, they try to get something cheesy put up, and we were just putting posters up everywhere for this fake candidate, uh, Rudiger O'Malley. So Rudiger comes from The Simpsons. The Simpsons. And then somebody added O'Malley for no reason. I think that might have been a Brad Lytle uh, add on. Yeah. That is just like he needs a last name. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to have a last Rudiger, name. Rudiger. You're going to run for office. Rudiger is from The Simpsons because somebody asked Bart in a public forum what his name was, and he just said Rudiger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where they came up with that. I don't know, but he just was into lying about it. So, um, uh, <laughs> and later, in fact, it was, uh, what's his name that I love who does all the voiceovers? Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks plays. He the was the motivational speaker. Right. And he goes, what little Rudiger here is trying to say. And then Marge is like, his name isn't Rudiger. And he's like, look, his name doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we made these posters everywhere. Like vote for Rudiger. He's got your wallet. <laughs> Um, I, I think the most famous one that we made that was a big success was vote for Rudiger O'Malley if you ever want to see your puppy alive again. Yeah. And we drew a little cute little sad dog. <laughs> I think I think my favorite one was Rudiger O'Malley. His name is what it means. We're just like, oh, no, no. Where I does take that it, come I from? I take though? it back. Where does that come from, though? It's a song. Um, it's a Stone Temple Pilots song. Yeah. Her name is what it means. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, Big Empty. <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? 
<laughs> I don't know. So we just threw that in there. Yeah, because it didn't make any. Actually, my favorite one was Rediger O'Malley. His name is spelled the same backwards and forwards, which made people stop in the hall. And yeah, stare and they at the like poster. sit there, their head cocked slightly, like look <laughs> like at it. Like, pointing. and then they don't even end with begin and end with the same letter. No. So it should have been instantly recognizable, but people would stop and look and go, "Is it?" Like, let's see. <laughs> yeah, just like you know, write him in, write yeah. him in on the ballot. I, I kind of, I'm really curious to see how many votes he actually ended up getting. I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see if, uh, because it's on Imager's front page, if Soviet Bear wins this year. But we did that back in 1998. Been done. Yeah, it's been done, kids. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Rob's going off to Hawaii now. Yep. Bye, Rob. Aloha. See you in Hawaii. I mean, I won't. No, you won't. From from California. Well, maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll Facetime with you. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll get up on a mountain and wave to you, and maybe you can see me. If you want me to send you pictures of me sitting on a beach drinking alcoholic beverages while you're at work, just put post it on the Facebook page, and I'll try to do my best to send pictures to you. Yes, yeah, send them of to me, me relaxing in Hawaii while you're at work. <laughs> And try to try to do so while you're feeling miserable about your work, too. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it'll cheer you up or maybe it'll just piss you off more. But uh, we're going to wrap this one up. So uh, signing off, this is Mike. I'm Rob. And this is the Mike and Rob podcast all done and wrapped up. See you later. Uh.